Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Bacon like a toasted cheeser out here. Benny, it's way too hot to play baseball. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Hamilton Porter, one of the all-time icons in movie history. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, I don't know. I don't know how to help you. I, I don't think you probably have. I don't think we have very many people that don't know what I'm saying. Uh, considering you are listening to your favorite daily sports talk show here on ESPN Radio. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you. From the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Happy uh, to be here with you. Thanks for coming along for the ride. <laughs> the weatherman says it's only 82, 83 degrees, depending on which thermometer you're looking at. Um, I'm sweating like I stole something. I haven't had an actual real car that belongs to me that's functioned, well, broadly for about four years, but specifically for a couple months. I just had to do the car swap. I got a couple cars that I've been borrowing from friends. Thank God I got great friends. Uh, none of them got AC in it. So, you know, the little luxuries of life, the first world problems. I've been driving around Missoula, running all over the place, and uh, just sweating, sweating, sweating. But here we are, and uh, uh, we shall prevail. We haven't had much on the breaking news front because of the uh, constant churning of the transfer portal and the constant spinning of the coaching carousel the um the portal is closed for this moment in time so then therefore that's why we haven't had any it seemed like every day we had comings and goings both away from and to uh the big sky conference but uh the portal for this exact moment is closed so we won't have much movement there 
Uh, so we've had all sorts of... It's It's been more breaking news for this time of year than I can really ever remember over the last month or so. But maybe that'll slow down just a little bit with the portal closed and recruiting uh, slowing down. But but we'll see. And as soon as it opens back up, I'm sure there's going to be a whole bunch of other things that go on and a whole bunch of other comings and goings. A couple of new notes that we haven't gotten to, though, because there has been so many other news briefs. Um, two things at Montana State in the coaching world. First, uh, Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach, and Trisha Benford, Montana State women's basketball coach, each of them signed four-year contract extensions. So, I mean, both of them coming off Big Sky Championship seasons. It totally makes sense. And then at MSU for men's basketball, uh, they've hired... Uh, Matt Logie's staff has been officially announced. The, the piece of news that was sort of most pertinent uh, around the state of Montana, Zach Payne, who's been at Montana the last four years, headed over to Montana State. Payne played at Whitworth, coached at Whitworth, so he's got a lot of connections to Matt Logie. Uh, Sam Scholl also hired on Matt Logie's staff. Uh, he's a guy that spent last year at San Diego State, but also um, was a guy that was a head, the head coach at San Diego for uh, four seasons. Uh, so that seems like a, a pretty good one. And then uh, Julius Smith, the third coach, uh, he comes from Point Loma with Matt Logie to uh, to solidify and complete the Bobcat coaching staff. So those are, that's just your news briefs for the day. We, off the top here, are going to talk about something that we sort of fringe talk about, but I want to just dive into the actual pros and cons of Montana and Montana State Moving on to a different conference besides the Big Sky Conference. The, the most obvious fit would be the Mountain West, but I don't know actually how realistic that is. I do think it's going to take more of a restructuring, and I like to call it the best in the West, uh, the best of the West, excuse me. Our buddy Andrew Schmidt, uh, who's one of my podcasting partners at, at the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, he likes to call it the snow belt. So there's certainly... Uh, a lot of different pseudonames you could use for this theoretical conference, but there's a lot of tangible business reasons. I know that there's a lot of people around these parts that have listened to this show uh, and that have, have followed Big Sky Conference sports in the state of Montana for a long time. I know there's a lot of questions on the validity, the possibility, the benefit, uh, but also the the drawbacks of moving up or moving to a different division, a different conference so we'll discuss the, the pros and the cons uh, of the future of athletics here in the state of Montana. We also uh, have our new Stanley Cup playoffs segment. Usually it's going to be at 5.30 on Wednesdays, but today we're going to do it at 4.30 because our guy, Mike Anderson, who is uh, going to be our Stanley Cup playoffs analyst for the next couple weeks, he also happens to be the head coach of the Grizz hockey team. Uh, he had some uh, a, a, t- a scheduling conflict in the second hour, so he'll join us here during the first hour. Also... The news of the day, and this is this is awesome. Uh, on a personal note, so proud of this guy. Uh, been friends with him ever since our college days at the University of Montana, and I know he's he's poured to say he's poured his heart and soul into the Grizz Lacrosse program is a complete understatement. The guy lives and breathes it. He's been building it with unbelievable dedication for 15 plus years, from his days as a player to now uh, as the head coach. But Tucker Sargent, who's taking his team, the Grizz Lacrosse team, to nationals this next weekend. He, today, was named the PNCLL Coach of the Year. So he will join us uh, to preview the the national tournament and uh, also to talk about not only his award, but basically the 
not basically, the definitive clean sweeping of the PNCLL awards. The Grizz absolutely cleaned up. They got all of the awards. Offensive MVP, defensive MVP, overall MVP, newcomer of the year, and coach of the year. Uh, unprecedented in terms of the postseason awards, but pretty impressive for Tucker Sargent. Our number two, a former Grizz linebacker, Adam Boomer, is an outstanding player for the Grizzlies. He will join us. But the conversation, it's not about what you think. It's not about his glory days. It has very little to do about the Grizz. Adam Boomer has done extensive research when it comes to psychedelic therapy, both when it comes to psilocybin and ketamine, but also the relationship that those types of therapies can have to people that have suffered traumatic events, specifically traumatic brain injuries or traumatic events in their lives. They've used a lot of this therapy on people that have had traumatic brain injuries stemming from football. So Adam Boomer has a whole new perspective on the brain, human psychology, and the way that all of that fits together. A very interesting and enlightening ESPN roundtable. Maybe a subject matter that's a little foreign or maybe uncomfortable for some people. But I really encourage you to stick around and listen because uh, I went into it with an open mind. I certainly learned a lot. There's a lot to be learned. It's sort of a new frontier when it comes to uh, that sort of therapy. And uh, it was a very interesting conversation. We're also going to talk some NBA uh, in hour number two as well. Because like I always say, the only thing I like better than anything in the world is being right. And uh, how about those Los Angeles Lakers, baby? I was sweating out the over until 2.7 seconds left. But we got it. Lakers in the over. It hit last night. Let's go. (laughs) I'm sitting here. I'm I'm literally screaming at the TV at like 11 o'clock at night. Please make your free throws, Dennis Schroeder. And then he did. Because the Lakers had the game. They they were in control of the game for pretty much the entire game. And then they were able to close it out. Uh, But they needed two free throws to to put the total over 227.5. The total finishes at 229. I sweated it all the way out to the less than three seconds left. Uh, But still, vindication. And, uh, man, the more things change, the more they stay the same in the NBA. It's really, really hard to outlast the old dogs when they're playing well. I also, though, I bet the Lakers last night, not because I think the Lakers are the favorites in that series. I actually think that the Warriors will win that series. I think it'll be Warriors in seven. But I thought the Lakers had a, a slight advantage last night because they were coming off a big break. And the Warriors had played in a game seven in Sacramento on Sunday. So that, that's why I bet the Lakers. But that could be uh, an all-time classic series by the time it all plays out. So we'll play, we'll, uh, we'll talk... NBA in hour number two as well. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Great idea from our guy Jeff Safford. The playlist today is all about, uh, all, fe- all featuring, excuse me, artists who are getting inducted uh, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The, uh, the nominees were announced, and uh, so I picked some songs that uh, come from that. But I, it's always a fun event every year, and I also think it's cool the way they've sort of broadened it, it's not just rock music now that go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This year's class has hip-hop artists like Missy Elliott and A Tribe Called Quest and, and of various others. Uh, there's obviously more inductees than there is number of songs we can play on this show, so I just picked five of them, and uh, actually lined up pretty good. I, I got several of my favorite bands or several of my most impactful artists are going in uh, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. So it'll be fun to talk about that a little bit uh, throughout today's show. If you want to be a part of today's show, conversation, questions, feedback, concerns, or you want to win some wings, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, 
That's coming up. We'll do that at 4.30. Our Stanley Cup playoffs analysis and Despo wings are going to go hand in hand because what goes better than hockey and wings? The answer is nothing. The Despo is the best place to watch hockey in the in the city of Missoula. So about 4.30, we'll give you a chance to win a dozen wings from the Despo. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Regis Brothers RV phone line. And uh, call us, text us anytime. But when we cue you, you can call or text and win some wings from the Desperado uh, Sports Tavern and Grill. You can always stream the show on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And uh, you can also always stream on the ESPN MT app. Now, did I miss any breaking news? I don't think I did, right? We haven't had anything. Usually, it's funny because when the breaking news happens, a lot of times then it cues up our text threads. Oh, this person's going here. This person's leaving here. Uh, n- nothing all quiet on the Western Front the last couple of days, right? Around here? Yeah, all, around here. All quiet. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think part of that's just because the portal's closed, right? Like we might see a couple comings and goings, but mostly the recruiting's going to be on pause for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, I think it's probably time to shift into like people committing, right? Uh, com- guys coming in uh, to big sky schools, guys or gals, I guess. So when I say the portal's closed, that means for players to enter into the portal. So I still think it's so funny because we talk about this seriously every day on the show. I still think there's a a bit of confusion as to what the actual transfer portal is. It's it's named wrong. It's not a portal. I, I guess I think some people think of portal and they think like this mystical time-space continuum where you can, like, warp to a different universe or, like, some sort of Star Trek beaming or something. It's not. It's a very rudimentary database. Like, I've seen the transfer portal. I know. Crazy, right? I've seen this big secret transfer portal. It looks like an Excel spreadsheet. Like, it literally is last name, first name, school, where you went, and uh, if you're a graduate degree or not, and if you want to be contacted or not. It's just a database. It's a very rudimentary database. It's not even sophisticated technology. The, the concept of it existing is, is one thing, but like the actual software, the technology that it would take for it to exist, it, it's not, a, I guess what I'm saying is the transfer portal did not become a phenomenon because of some technological innovation. It only became a phenomenon because of the the implementation of the rule of it being able to exist. That's all. There could have been a database like this that coaches from college sports could have been using for 20-plus years. So it's not this like crazy thing in its tangible form. It's just the concept of it that's having such a huge impact on sports. Now, I was thinking, I, I know, weird. I'm having these thoughts that this then just take me all the way down the rabbit hole. But I was thinking about coming out of the NFL draft. This year, 11 FCS players were drafted. Only one player from the Big Sky Conference was drafted. Now, is that because the the talent in the Big Sky is declining? I do think there's a certain element of that. But I was thinking of what the future of the Big Sky Conference to the NFL might look like. One player with strong Big Sky Conference ties that ended up signing an undrafted free agent contract is George Tarlis, who was a guy who's been on this show before, uh, formerly of Weber State. He finished his college career at Boise State. 
But he's a, one of a, a, some examples of guys that were good at this level and then moved up to the next level and were also good and then got a shot in the pros. Well, now with the way that there's been this complete and utter stratification of college sports across the board, but specifically football and men's basketball, I do think that there's going to be, like, the situation that has just played out over the last month at Montana State in men's hoops, I think is going to become more and more common. You have a team that is very good, wins back-to-back Big Sky Conference championships, goes to the NCAA tournament two years in a row. On paper, slated to be the overwhelming favorite to three-peat. But because of the money and the lure of the, the top level, Danny Sprinkle leaves to go to Utah State. And then all of a sudden he takes so many of his players with him. Now, to me, when people ask me, how do we stop this from happening? How does the big sky not turn into rookie ball for the the Mountain West and the Power Five? To me, the easiest answer is, Money. How do you make more money? How do you have more money? How do you get more money? I think you. I, I think it's reaching. I think. I think we're already hard charging toward an absolute requirement that Montana and Montana State find a new home in terms of conferences. I think we're racing toward it so quickly, I don't even know if people really realize. We've already seen a fundamental erosion of the FCS. The powers that, like when the Grizz first had their initial rise, I would say sort of the the first stare up for the Grizz as they were climbing the ranks of the National League Elite came in 1989 when they went to the, the national semifinals for the first year, for the first time. And then a couple years later, they make the playoffs, and then all of a sudden Dave Dickinson comes in, and then their semifinals, semifinals, and then boom, they win the national championship in 1995. They go back to the national championship in 96, and all of a sudden, by the time 2009 rolls around, they've won 17 conference titles, and they've, they've won 12 conference titles in a row, and they've been to seven out of the last 14 national championship games. It's an unbelievable run. But during that time, when the New Grizz first started to rise, the programs that they were chasing in the big sky were programs like Boise State, Nevada, Idaho, all those programs moved on and moved up. Nationally, outside the Big Sky, the programs they were chasing were Georgia Southern, App State, Youngstown State, who's still in the FCS and has actually fallen off quite a bit from what they once were uh, in the 1990s and even early 2000s. Um, Then you have other fledgling programs like Coastal Carolina, James Madison. Those programs rose a little later, but they've been then able to go move on and move up. Now, Before we get into the pros of finding a new conference affiliation, let's talk about the cons first. Because I've heard, I think that most people that I interact with in my daily life, people that I grew up with here in Missoula, people that I've I've known in between living in Missoula and Bozeman, most of them are, are, I would call call sort of, quote-unquote, old-school Grizz or Bobcat fans. They've been a fan of the team since they were, uh, of a certain age, whether it was when they were in high school or college. But I think that most of them are old school, sort of Big Sky Conference FCS traditionalists. 
they like the Cats and the Grizz both being nationally competitive every year. They like the Cats and the Grizz both having a bunch of Montana kids on their roster, and, and they don't like the prospect. Like, the number one thing I hear from people when I say that I think the Grizz and the Cats should move to a different conference and move up to true 1A football is the number one argument I hear is look what happened to Idaho. We do not want to be like Idaho. Well, for better or worse, Idaho is actually the exception to the rule. Most programs that have moved up from the FCS to the FBS that were prominent programs at the FCS level, they're not national championship level programs at the FBS level. In fact, they're far from it. But they're also not what Idaho was when they were at the FBS level. Idaho was a laughing stock in the FBS. Part of that was out of Idaho's control because there was when Idaho first moved up, they were in the WAC, and when they were first in the WAC, they were pretty good. In the late 90s, Idaho was okay. They were an okay Division One program. They went to a bowl game in 1998, but then the WAC fell apart, and everybody from the WAC got to go to the Mountain West except Idaho. So then Idaho is left out to, to dry. Where do they go? Well, then they hook up in the Sun Belt. That was the dumbest conference ever, only with because Idaho was in it. The Sun Belt is a fine conference when it has Troy and App State and all those these schools. Those schools are in North Carolina. <laughs> That's not Moscow, Idaho. It was a total geographic mismatch. And then Idaho became this program where they were just play they were just playing FBS so they could make money in terms of just getting drilled in big games and stuff like that. So that's all to say though, you you're you're probably best case scenario for a school from the West that has moved up is Boise State. I mean, Boise State went from WAC power to then Mountain West power, and you know they've had their high water marks, like winning the Fiesta Bowl in 2006 and, and being nationally competitive, being in the top 20, being on national TV quite a bit. That that's your best, and then probably your worst is their neighbor right up the road in Moscow, the Vandals. But then you have everything in between, like. Everybody from App State to Georgia Southern to um, Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, James Madison. Now, let's talk about the business side of this thing. So, so first, I always hear the argument, Montana, Montana State wouldn't be able to compete for national championships if they moved up to the FBS. My retort would be to that, one... The Grizz have not truly competed for a national championship at the FCS level since 2011 at the very early, at the very latest. The last time they played a national championship game was in 2009. That was 14 years ago. Last time they made a Final Four was 2011. That was 12 years ago. The Cats have played in the Final Four three years in a row, and they've played for a national championship this last year, so they certainly have been competing for a national championship at a higher level than the Grizz the last several years. But the Cats haven't won a national championship in almost 40 years. Last time the Grizz won a national championship was 22 years ago. So you can splice the argument however you want. The Cats have been closer to competing for a natty than the Grizz have the last several years. But then I also would retort by saying, what is the national championship you're competing for worth if all of the teams that have peer resources that you have have moved on and moved up? We're marching toward a reality in which, and and that reality might already be here right now. We are marching toward a reality right now, or or on the very near horizon, in which Montana, Montana State, South Dakota State, and North Dakota State are the contenders. That's it. 
maybe every once in a while you get a, a crazy, you know, Lindsey Scott Jr. at Incarnate Word who gets red hot and leads his team to the Final Four or whatever. But I just got a text from behind the glass. Leah Beattie, formerly of Montana State, headed to NAU. She joins Grace Beasley uh, at Northern Arizona. Grace Beasley, also formerly of Montana State. So uh, Lori Payne, Northern Arizona head coach, doing a pretty darn good job of mining the interconference transfers. She got Montana Altrogi last year, and now gets Grace Beasley and Leah Beattie this year. Um, that's interesting. We will return to that. But I totally understand the nostalgic attachment to the past. It's human nature. I totally understand wanting to be nationally relevant because both Montana and Montana State have been so nationally prominent at the FCS level for a long time. The Grizz have been absolutely nationally relevant for 30 years in a row. The Cats have been absolutely nationally relevant for 20 years. That's hard to put in the rear view. It, it is. I totally get that. I also... One of the reasons I stand before you today and, and talk on the radio here in Montana, first of all, I love the state of Montana. Second of all, I love the level of football that the Cats and the Grizz play at because I think that there's a certain element of purity to it. I think that's getting very muddied. I think there's a very, very murky future. I think we're going to lose a lot of what makes this th these programs special. But I also... Uh, think that uh, there's also this notion that if the Cats and the Grizz were to move up, they'd, they'd be able, they wouldn't be able to recruit the Montana kids nearly as much. I disagree with that. I, I think twofold. One, I think having 23 more scholarships would actually give more Montana kids opportunities with full rides. But also, I think you could have a Tom Osborne, Nebraska-style model where you could still bring in 15 to 20 in-state walk-ons every year. Those guys would be on your during school roster. So during fall camp, you can have 94 guys on your roster, but that can go up to 110 when school starts. So maybe you fill in that 16 to 18 guys with all your Montana walk-ons, and then those guys are still fighting for scholarships, and maybe they get them. Maybe you still have those developmental stories. So I don't buy that. But I do think that the Cats and the Grizz, they and North Dakota State and South Dakota State as well, they they need to really monitor the division that they're in so it doesn't become diluted. It, it already is diluted. At what point is it to, diluted to the point where it's it's never going to be irrelevant on the field of competition, but it certainly is going to be less relevant the more diluted the division becomes. So in terms of the cons and the the. The, the, the things that people say most often for why they don't want to move up, that's my answer to those things. In terms of, though, the business of all of this, it's Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Sometimes you just have to accept reality. Sometimes you have to maybe... So let's say the worst-case scenario of those cons coming true. You move up. You never again experience national relevancy. And you never again have the underdog walk-on stories from the kids in Montana. That, that's the worst-case scenario if you were to move up in terms of the people that are traditionalists that want to stay. But sometimes you have to just accept the reality 
Because here's where we're at. You think you're going to not have national relevancy if you move up? I think you're not going to have national relevancy if you stay down. And sometimes just the way of the world, it just evolves. You have to just keep up with the Joneses. I don't like what's happened to college sports. I hate, actually, in fact, that it's become a defined business. It's all about the numbers. But right now, the numbers don't work. I just spent a couple hours with administrators at the University of Montana, and I had a very enlightening, a very enlightened conversation with Kent Haslam about this, Montana Athletic Director. Uh, actually, he, in fact, will join me here soon. I, we haven't decided on when, but I told him, hey, I want to have a repeat of the conversation we just had. So Kent Haslam will join us uh, sometime here in the month of May. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, looking forward to, to rehashing a lot of the stuff we talked about. But, but here's where we're at. In the Big Sky Conference, most of the schools make money in the same way. The way that most of the schools make money is not the way that the Montana schools make money. I think the, that fan bases have a really hard time understanding this. How is it that Montana has the crown jewel stadium of the FCS and they sell it out every single Saturday, yet they're the ones that have the least, like, quote-unquote, expendable income to use? Well, it's because of the revenue model. You're making all this money on football, but you have to use it to fund other sports because the state of Montana itself offers very little support from the state or the institution to fund everything. At, at most Division I programs, what, what you'd call your Title IX sports, your, your sports that exist not to generate revenue but to, to appease Title IX requirements – and also to diversify your campus community and diversify your athletic department, all those sort of things. But but the non-revenue sports in your athletic department are most places paid for by either student athletic fees, institutional support, state funding, or a combination of the three. At Montana, it's paid for by the athletic department, and that's all. So all the money that you make in football revenue over here, it's all gone because you have to support all these other sports. That's all fine and dandy, except for you're in a league in which none of that is true. Northern Arizona just built a $44 million athletic department facility with almost no private donations. The Lumberjacks are not selling out the walk-up Sky Dome. I don't know if you watched ESPN+. Plus. It's a cavernous nothing. There's 2,000 people there. They're not making any money on ticket sales. But they got the money. Why? Because NAU has 30,000 students. That's three times as many as Montana. They have student athletic fees. They have state funding. They have institutional funding. They have higher edu- the Board of Higher Education funding. All this stuff. So it's inequitable the way that the programs are being funded. If you're Montana and you're Montana State, you can move on and move up. And you can get into a league in which the institutions are producing revenue and paying for things in the same way. Right now, if we're defining it as a business... Montana and Montana State are running a business that's objectively different than the business of their competitors. Their competitors have way less risk and way more reward, whereas Montana and Montana State, it's all fine and dandy when they're selling out the stadium all year long every single year. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. But if it did, they'd be in a world of hurt. How they how do they fund anything? I don't know. It's a definitely precarious question. I have more pros to this, but we have to take a break because we're going to talk some Stanley Cup playoffs. Our good buddy Mike Anderson joins the show next. Keep it right here. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio.
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, a ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. He's new on his now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Man, it's still such rad music, but I I don't even know. Th- that song and that album, I think, at, this, at the same time was underground, but also shook the institution to a point I don't think people remember, but I, I'm so glad that Rage Against the Machine is now getting the credit that they are due as one of the upcoming inductees in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That song also will have a special piece of my heart always because... Back in the old days, back in the Tutela Nuanez days, that was our intro song for uh, about three years. So uh, congrats to Rage Against the Machine. And uh, shout out to our old buddy Gus. Hopefully he's listening. And uh, Rage Against the Machine getting their just due. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Nuanez now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Keep the texts and calls coming in. Common theme today uh, pros and cons of if Montana and Montana State was to move on and move up to a different conference, preferably one where they play FBS football. A text from a listener, the money not here for going up, Montana, maybe Montana and other Big Sky, Rocky Mountain, Northwest schools could join a conference with limited NIL available or even go to fewer scholarships like D2 as long as competition is relatively even. I fundamentally disagree with that. We'll talk about why in hour number two, but we have to take a break from that conversation to start a new one. The Stanley Cup playoffs are rolling on. So we will continue our commentary on them. A new segment here on Nuanas Now. We'll do it each Wednesday. We need you to text us right now because our next guest joins us via the phone line. But if you want Desperado Wings, Despo, the best place to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. They also got the best wings in town. Text us, 406-888-1029. Any and all texts will get you entered, and uh, then we'll choose a lucky winner at the end of hour number one. But keep the text coming in, 406-888-1029. We go down to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. First and foremost, the co-head coach of the Montana hockey team, the Grizz hockey team, that is. But also, one of our favorite guys to talk NHL with, it's Mike Anderson. What's up, Mike? How you doing, buddy? I'm well. How are you doing? Very good. Uh, let's start with the team here in the Stanley Cup playoffs that we are the affiliates for, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, they are in the midst of a landmark season, and now they have their first 
series win in franchise history. They defeated the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, and now they are uh, into the second round playing the Dallas Stars. They won game one against the Stars, 5-4 to four in overtime. So uh, break it down for us. What do you think of this run by the Kraken? I think that their goaltending was spectacular against uh, Colorado and that Colorado also was without a lot of their top guys, which is super beneficial for Seattle. But they, the, the, you know, the shot attempts and expected goals were pretty much even throughout the series. So Seattle definitely earned that win. They played really well, 1-7. and seven, And I was very happy to see them beat Dallas. I hope they sweep Dallas, to be honest. I hate the Stars. So I am very hopeful that <laughs> Seattle continues that on and continues uh, their run here. I think it's really, really important on expansion teams' um, first start that they get a a run like this because it really sort of uh, solidifies the fan base and gets everyone excited. I know when the Wild first came in in 2003, they went to the Western Conference Finals unexpectedly, and it's still you know, deeply embedded in my brain and and emotional psyche. So I think the longer they go, the better that fan base in Seattle is going to be. So I think uh, for the Pacific Pacific Northwest, it's a huge thing for hockey if they can keep – keep making a run here. They're a good team, too. This isn't fluky. They're, they're really good. They have been very good all year long, and it, it has been a fun run uh, to follow. The other big news coming out of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs was, huh, and I think this is just such a, a microcosmic example of, of what we talked about last week, just how random and uh, unlikely and unpredictable the, the Stanley Cup playoffs can be. But the Boston Bruins had the greatest regular season record in the history of the league. They came in as the overwhelming favorite, and they exit after a first-round playoff loss in seven games to the Florida Panthers. What happened? How did the Bruins uh, fall so short? It's You know, it's one of those things where you can look at the long term of the season. They're getting all these bounces and things are going their way to win that many games that just sort of abruptly has to stop. But ultimately what happened is Florida is a year away from winning the President's Trophy. So it's not like they were going up against a team that doesn't have a roster full of guys that can play. Uh, Matthew Kachuk played really well. They got good goaltending, and it was uh, they had trouble with them all year. Boston did so they didn't. They certainly didn't beat Florida up all season and then get surprised. It was, you know, NHL is just a, a weird, a weird league that way, like you were saying. And Florida is a really good team as well. Uh, they shouldn't have beat Boston because Boston is historically good, but that's the way she goes in, in some of those series and. All those little moments, if they don't go your way, they add up, and next thing you know, it's you're losing in Game 7 in overtime at home. So it was a tough one to see because I really liked Boston this year, but uh, Florida's showing it wasn't a fluke, taking Game 1 from Toronto right away. So it'll be interesting to see how far they can go with that group where they're definitely overperforming what they are, but you get good goaltending, you get guys believing, you never know. Mike Anderson joined us. He's the co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team as well as our go-to guy when it comes to Stanley Cup playoff analysis. Keep those texts coming in, 406-888-1029 if you want to win some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. The uh, the, the the Panthers then, after derailing it and uh, ousting the Bruins, they get the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs beat the Lightning. The Lightning have been sort of that team that have, for lack of a better way of saying it, caught lightning in a bottle and then ridden it for to nice playoff runs several times in a row the last couple of years. But now the lightning out too, and the Maple Leafs, uh, a true hope for a Canadian champion, and there has not been a Canadian champion in quite some time. So what do we think of this uh, Toronto-Florida uh, series? 
I think Toronto's going to pull it out. Uh, obviously, they lost game one, but they lost game one to Tampa Bay as well in, in a far worse fashion than they did this game. They're they're um, a lot deeper than Florida, have more high-end talent than Florida, and they've been getting good goaltending. So I, if they continue to play well five-on-five, five, or actually start to, I think that they'll pull it off. I think Toronto, I'd love to see a Toronto-Edmonton Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think the NHL would for ratings. I don't think most of America would tune in, but uh, I think that that would be an exceptional hockey series of, of two very talented teams that play a really fun game. So I really hope Toronto makes a run, um, and uh, hopefully we do see a Canadian team win it because it's kind of sad. It starts to feel bad for them, you know. Like it's their game, it's their their nation's game, they, and they still can't seem to win the biggest trophy in it. Even though every year every team who wins it's full of Canadians, so it's not like they're losing their grip on the sport or anything. But yeah, I hope a Canadian team can pull it off this year for sure. And Toronto is a good chance to anybody. We will continue to go uh, round around the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, but last one for you here today. The um, I think, and this is because I always I so often view the world through just the lens of how I view sports. But I think that star building would help both the NHL and Major League Baseball uh, tremendously. Oh yeah, and I think that there's the number one household name in this Stanley Cup playoffs is Connor McDavid. If you played man on the street and said name hockey players, I think any common person, they might be able to name a handful of guys, but I think that the first two guys they would name are Connor McDavid and, and Alexander Ovechkin. I think those are the two most brand-name guys in the NHL right now. Uh, so where are we at with the Oilers? What does it take for them to make a run? They have to continue to get average to above-average goaltending and – continue to have their power play be historically dominant. That's one thing that kind of got lost this year. I'm pretty sure they had the best power play ever or somewhere close to that in the regular season. And if they could keep taking advantage of the power play, keep getting average to above average goaltending, they're going to have a shot to win it all because how immensely talented Connor McDavid is, plus Leon Dreisaitl, a couple other guys like Nugent Hopkins, uh, Evander Kane, uh, adding at home at the deadline on defense was huge because their defense is pretty pretty lackluster. So if they can continue to get good goaltending from Skinner and if Campbell has to hop in, they're going to be in a really good spot to have a chance to win it. And I, I would love to see Nick David win a cup because he's, you know, leaps and bounds the best player in the league, and he certainly deserves it if anyone does deserve anything in life. Mike Anderson, our go-to guy when it comes to Stanley Cup playoffs, he'll join us each Wednesday. Thanks for squeezing us in, buddy. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for making it work. And I think what you guys are talking about, the FBS and Montana football, is super interesting. I have to pipe in after this and listen. All right, can't wait. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, that no, sounds good. Yeah. No, Radio. Keep those texts coming in, 406-888-1029. If you want to win wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, no better place to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs than the Desperado. So uh, keep those uh, text coming in. If you want to go watch some hockey, head on down there, have some wings, have some beer, have a burger, and to have a jolly good old time. Thanks to the Despo for their continued support of Wing It Wednesday here every Wednesday for more than a decade plus here on Nuanas Now. From hockey to lacrosse, the Grizz lacrosse team going back to nationals. They also cleaned up when it come to the came to the PNCLL Awards. Tucker Sargent, recently anointed as the Coach of the Year in the PNCL. He'll join us next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have 
branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Radio Missoula. Here's a f- quick funny story. Tribe Called Quest. I uh, I was super into, well, I've always been super into music, but I was super into collecting CDs and having like a very prominent record collection when I was a teenager. I thought it was very cool. I thought it made me very cool. So I used to buy my friends' CDs, obviously so that I could burn them so I could have more CDs. But I bought my best friend... And my, like, quote-unquote girlfriend, whatever that means when you're in sixth grade. Like, the girl I had a crush on, basically, in sixth grade. I bought them each CDs for Christmas. And I bought my best friend a Tribe Called Quest CD. And I bought my uh, love interest a Lifehouse CD. (laughs) Wrapped them. Gave them to the wrong person. So there's this sixth grade girl rolling around with a Tribe Called Quest album. So she probably has no idea. And then my buddy gets the Lifehouse album. You know, like some soft rock. Hilarious. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for joining us uh, here on your Wednesday. We go down to the Rangers Brothers Every phone line. Welcome in. Great friend of the show, good buddy of mine, and now recently anointed... Just earlier today, as the PNCLL Coach of the Year, Tucker Sargent, the head coach of the Grizzly Cross team. First and foremost, man, I know I already texted you, but got to tell you on the radio, too, congratulations, man. I know this is a well-earned award and uh, cool for you. I know it's not just about you reflection of your program, but I'm very proud of you, man, and I think it's very cool for you and Grizzly Cross. I appreciate it, Colter. Thank you. It's, uh, it, was, it was cool to see you today. Well, uh, cool to see on a variety of notes. Here's how all the awards went down for the Pacific Northwest Collegiate Lacrosse League, which the Grizz just won uh, this last weekend, and they are now headed to the national championship. But this was a the national championship tournament, that is. But this was a clean sweep when it came to the individual overall awards. Miles Hess wins the Offensive Player of the Year. Justin Rank wins the Defensive Player of the Year and the Most Valuable Player overall. Preston Stewart is the freshman of the year, and our guest right now, Tucker Sargent, the coach of the year. So uh, I guess this is what happens when you have such a, an unbelievably successful season, but still you got to be pretty darn proud of your guys. Well, absolutely proud of them, and it's, it's kind of, you know, it's the chicken or the egg thing, right? I mean, it's the result of the season, but the season's a result of those guys, too, and everyone else. There's a number of other first-team, second-team, honorable mention guys out there. Um I think we had 14 total on, on the three different levels, and uh, I, I mean, in my opinion, there could have been more. But you know, I guess you can't. We can't take them all. <laughs> they got to save some room for other guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, the very talented group of guys. Very proud of them, and just love the way they're playing right now. Henry Hancock, Mason Slapper, Carson Burrell, Hunter Heaston all also made first team All PNCLL. Reese Barron, uh, Peter Curran. Uh, Jace Jarvis, Jack Byerly, they all made second team. So the list just goes on and on and on. And then several guys on the uh, honorable mention squad as well. So uh, definitely good results. 
Uh, Tuck, take us through uh, this last weekend. Congratulations on that note as well. The Grizz, the uh, conference champions after winning the PNCLL tournament. Uh, just take us through it. You won a couple games there uh, in Lake Oswego. What did you like about your team's play, and uh, how are you guys able to get it done now that it's turned into the postseason? Well, absolutely. I uh, I think that, you know, they've been playing better and better towards the end of the season. I've said all year, you know, we, we, we had that quick little blip at number one overall back in February, and then uh, it was quickly taken away from us. We've been hovering around the top five, and, um, you know, our guys have been playing the best lacrosse as of yet. So we had, we played NNU, a team that we beat previously in the season, uh, in the semifinal, and they did a good job. You know, they uh, we definitely were a more powerful, talented team, but they did some things that kind of slow us down. Um, not enough to make it competitive, but just enough to uh, kind of frustrate us a bit, trying to do some things that we wanted to, to try and do. But then on uh, Sunday, guys bounced back. And uh, against a very talented Western Washington team, the game was pretty pretty competitive through uh, starting of the third quarter, and then our guys in the second half really broke it open and it just seemed to be that they they couldn't be stopped. I mean, Justin Rank shut down their best player. Miles Hess, you know, went off in that one for, I think, six goals, four assists for a, for a 10-point game. And, I mean, if you got a guy getting 10 points in the game, you're probably on the winning side of it, but... Just in general, the guys are playing super strong right now. Western Washington was a great opponent, but uh, you know, I, I just I like where they're at, and now we've got a good hot sunny day to prepare for Texas. We're uh, sitting at practice right now. The Grizz head to Round Rock, Texas, this weekend. Their first contest will occur on May eighth. That's Monday. Uh, in the morning, I, I think I saw. So at least that helps a little bit because it certainly is a uh, yeah. Our game's at nine forty-five Central Time. They uh, they they cut last year when they did it. They had them a little more in the middle of the day, but the uh, the heat down there became a bit of an issue. So now they're they're actually trying to squeeze more games early, big break in the middle of the day, and then play some games later in the evening. So I'm actually pretty you know nine forty-five early start makes it hard for the viewer, but. As far as the time to play in Texas, it's probably the best one yet because they're calling for thunderstorms too, which I imagine is going to get in the way of some of the afternoon game, evening games. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Tucker Sargent joining us, the head coach of the Grizz lacrosse team. So here's how the seeds played out for the national tournament. Rhode Island, the number one seed. Cal State San Marcos, the number two seed. St. Thomas, the number three seed. And Montana, the number four seed. Fifth seed, Missouri State, sixth. Montana State, 7th Grand Valley State, and 8th is Kennesaw State. This is a 16-team tournament. So the Grizz, uh, for that Monday morning game, will take on Air Force. Uh, So, Tuck, what do we think of the draw? What do you know about uh, the Falcons? Uh, You know, I'm not a huge fan of the draw just because (laughs) I think Air Force is an exceptionally talented and under-ranked team. I think for being the 4th seed and looking at some of the teams out there, you know, I'd rather be the one, the two, the three, the five, the six, the seven. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and again, I'm not worried about the teams that we're playing. I'm just saying this is more of a, a hats off to Air Force. They've had an exceptionally good season, um, and they actually just won their conference tournament, upsetting Montana State. Um, I think they've just been under under ranked, undervalued all year. Uh, I've watched a, a number of their games now since we found out that we're playing them, and. They, they have at least one stud at every level of the field, whether, you know, their attackman's averaging eight points a game. They got a couple of middies that are averaging five points a game. 
great goalie face-off guy. Defense looks solid. But, um, you know, I think that the way that they play, we actually match up with them pretty well. So as long as we can contain, they have a very high-powered offense. I mean, they're averaging over 20 points a game on the season. But, you know, one of the reasons they're at the at the, the 13 seed and not higher is that their strength of schedule wasn't very strong. So, you know, they have played a couple of good games, not to the level that we have. So, you know, you know how how would those numbers look if they played a, a, a tougher schedule is always the question. But, again, I think, um, you know, Justin Rank putting them on their best attackman, he's been able to shut down guys all year. Uh, our offense is looking as, as good as it's been. We know Hunter, our goalie, has been playing exceptionally. Jace Jarvis, second-team all-face-off guy. So, I mean, th- there's going to be battles all over the field. It's just going to be who wins those individual matchups. I think is going to be the key to the game. Yes, we've talked so much about your guys' uh, Grizzly Cross's uh, prominent and very challenging schedule. And now that the dust has settled... Of these 16 teams, I believe you guys have played seven of them. So you've played about half the field already. Uh, so two-part question. How, how do you hope that the difficult schedule prepared you for this? But also, uh, how do you sort of switch the mindset? Because, you know, Air Force definitely a tough draw, but every single team in this tournament now is an elite team, one of the 16 best teams in the country. So uh, how do you sort of channel that and flip the mindset to now, hey, we just got to go win four games? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, if you go, if you want to, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And you know, sure. Would you like more of a cakewalk at the start? You know, the start of the tournament. Why not? But also, I mean, like, there's something to be said for just kind of having to wake up and you know, get after it right away. Sometimes you know, if you if you get a steed that you know you kind of walk through, then that second round you're not really dialed in yet. The other team coming in having played a tougher game is a little sharper. So, you know, I, I think it. It is what it is. That's the team we got to play. That's the team we got to beat. And, you know, the way that we've been playing, I've been talking with our guys about this. You know, if we continue down the path that we're doing and we execute at the level we're capable at, I mean, we're, we're capable of winning any game. So it's just a matter of showing up and playing our game. Grizzly Cross, Monday morning against Air Force, the first round of the MCLA National Championship Tournament from Round Rock, Texas. We'll have coverage for you here uh, on ESPN. And uh, we'll have coverage for you on Nuanas now as well. Tucker Sargent, the head coach of the Grizzly Cross team and recently named the PNCLL Coach of the Year, uh, joining us. Last thing for you then, Tuck, uh, keys to victory for Montana if you're going to move on on Monday. Keys to victory is everyone just keep playing the way they're playing. We've got the talent. I mean, I just I love these guys and what they're doing right now, their attitude, their energy. You know, it, you don't get here without having a good group of guys that love being around each other. So. We just got to keep doing what we're doing. I'm so proud of what they've done this year, and let's just keep it going for a few more games. Easy. Got to love it. Tucker Sargent here on Nuwaz Now. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks, man. There you go. We will have updates for you uh, after the action and uh, as the tournament progresses. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. There's been quite a bit of conversation and research about head injuries, especially when it comes to contact sports. There's also been a lot of research about the benefits of holistic and psychedelic medicine. Our next guest, a former Grizz football player, ties those two together. Adam Boomer, a great player for the Grizz back in the late 1990s. He's doing something completely different these days. You'll understand more in our ESPN Roundtable, a very enlightened ESPN Roundtable. 
That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 